Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we care very deeply about covering the Bare Naked Ladies songs from 7 to Y. And this week is a rare treat because we get to discuss two rarities. It is sad, and I am greatly missing him, but Aaron is carefree in Disney this week, so I am hoping he is having a great time. But I am joined by longtime BNL fan, Michelle. Hello! And we are reaching into the dark archive to discuss Care Less. Care Less. What's in a chocolate mousse? Good Care Less. What are the five fruits and five alive juice? Good Care Less. How old are Ernie and Bert? Good Care Less. What's under Katie Lang's skirt? Or you could also call it Couldn't Care Less, depending on where you try to find it. Mm-hmm. Which is off Buck Naked from 1989. This, I think, is the first song that we're covering off Buck Naked. So I want to discuss Buck Naked a little bit for people out there who didn't realize what it is. Perfect. Um, I don't know how much you know about Buck Naked, Michelle. Not much. Not much. I'm sure you're going to enlighten me. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm excited to find out more. This is one of those tapes literally tapes we have to go all the way back to to cassette tapes to get to this and this is one of those ones that when i was first discovering and reaching forth and wanting to do this podcast i was like okay how much can i pull up and this is one of those great rare things that popped up and i was like had no idea this actually existed awesome and searched and searched for months and then luckily people had put out there this on the internet on youtube so please bare naked ladies do not put a a cease and desist order out on this or or whoever management they have now please don't because this is i love going back and listening to this stuff because you can't i mean there's less than a thousand copies of these tapes out there you cannot get them anywhere and it's such wonderful memorabilia to have of this time Mm. can you even buy a cassette player anymore like is that even are they even made you can with the with the new retro kind of thing that's going on yes yes yeah you can get the record players and you can get the the tape players but i knew vinyl was making a comeback but i wasn't sure about the cassette players i do have a little teeny silver boombox that plays one tape and gets the radio in um but that's it (laughs) that's from a long time ago (laughs) <laughs> That's a long time ago. And it still works. <laughs> and, and tapes are how I first came to music. Like, mm-hmm. we, I listened to them on the radio, but yep. the, I come from the age where you had... I, I was lucky at my age of 10 years old to have a double-deck ra- radio. So you could so tape could the, and do the whole thing. You had a whole sophisticated setup. I did. And I would sit there by the radio. Like, I'd call in and you could actually make requests in the old days. And you'd wait for that tape, and you'd you'd hit record. Oh, no, that's not the right one. Back up, rewind, and wait for your song to come on the radio, and that way you could have it. And pray to God that they didn't talk (laughs) over too much of the intro. Exactly. When they were 
Oh, those were the days. Yes, I used to record Casey Kasem's Top 40 on Saturday mornings. Yeah, no, I mean, those were the great days. A lot of stress in those days, like, trying to, <laughs> to get to the song you wanted. Oh. <laughs> Stop, start, oh, butter. <laughs> or God forbid your tape wasn't ready. Yeah, that exactly. Was that was oh. bad. <laughs> Heartbreaking. <laughs> So this is the first demo tape. There are many demo tapes out there that they made. I believe the there are four different demo tapes that they made prior to Gordon. This is the first one. It has a black and white cover, although there is also a green cover, because there's four different versions of this they made. They started making this as soon as they got, just Ed and Steve got together. The first version only had five songs on it. So it interested Sean Cullen of Corky and the Juice Pigs. They gave it to him. He listened to it. And he's like, you know what? I want you guys to join us on our tour of Canada. And that's what kind of started up their whole touring with them. um, Which then brought them to a lot of different parts, including Halifax, uh, which we'll cover a year from now. Yes. (laughs) So, So this song... The one that we're covering tonight, which is Careless, was one of their early staples when they were doing live shows. It's the last song on both the second and the fourth versions of Buck Naked. It was written by Stephen and Ed, and it's sung by just Stephen and Ed. Yes, clearly, <laughs> yes. And and it's, it's so good. I mean, it really is. I don't want to jump ahead, but... No, go ahead. I, I just... Listening to it, like it's uh, it's not a song I would necessarily go to, but it captures everything that is so great about Stephen and Ed working together. Like just the free flowing of it, the topics that they cover. Like it just, <laughs> I just he, I, listening to this song, I just feel like we're totally the, I am totally the same age as Stephen and Ed and it is clear in every single reference they make in this song like we totally would have been best friends in high school had we gone to high school together like it's just it's so good and it just makes me appreciate them working together so even though it may not be my favorite BNL song I love it you know what I mean yeah. I, I love it it's it's so good it's very early them. It's very reminiscent Wicked. of that. Yes. Um, it's not like this. So this is the first time that they ever mentioned Kraft Dinner. Yeah. the first song they ever mentioned. And I get the feeling because I'm trying to remember and I'm actually going to take a second here and pull it up because I want to make sure that I'm being accurate here. Looking at this, it wasn't until their last version of this of the Buck Naked that they actually had If I Had a Million Dollars come out. Now, they'd been working a million dollars before this. It was the first song they ever wrote, and we'll come back to that. But, like, I get the feeling that there are versions and pieces of this song that they then worked into If I Had a Million Dollars. This is like the prequel. Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways. Like, they're, they, it's like they combined this and If I Had a Million Dollars to make one super song. Exactly. Yes. And I just... I. I love their camaraderie and I love their banter that they're doing. I wish more of their songs had that. Mm, It's them. Yeah. We only have If I Have a Million Dollars on Gordon, which is like this in any way, really. Yeah. And I wish there were more on Gordon like this. I wish they had cleaned this version up, like cleaned this song up a little bit more and then had that on Gordon because this is the kind of music I enjoy with them is where they're bantering and this is what they do great live. 
Wicked. So. Yes. It's so it's so easy to listen to. It's enjoyable to listen to. You totally get that they're on the same page and you just it's just enjoyable. Like there's no other word for it. It's fun to listen to. And you could tell like them playing it and the more times they played it and as they continued to do it over the years, it became more worked. Like yes. the first version that we get on Buck Naked is very stark. Yes. So there is a brand new version out there that was just done by BNLHTP or HTTP.com where they took one of the tapes and put it back online but had really cleaned up the audio from it. So there's a really good version of Buck Naked. I'll be including that in the liner notes. Nice. This version of Couldn't Care Less or Care Less is <laughs> very bare bones. Like they haven't worked it much. It sounds like they had just written it and had just been working it before they put it on the tape. I lied to you when I told you I like baseball. It's not so much the game I like, it's the hats. See this white round round my neck. It's nice. It's not just fashion, but it's made it to protect me from displeasing me. The second version, which is a live version in 1991, so they've been working on it three years almost at that point, and playing it in Toronto... You have Andy, you have Jim, and you have Tyler. So it's more flushed out. You hear more banter. I like that version. That's that's that. I wish it had been a little bit more workshopped, a little bit further, and put on a disc somewhere. Yep. I guess I lied to you when I told you I like baseball. It's not so much the game I like, it's the hats. Do you see this white band around my neck? How could I miss it? It's not just fashion. Hearts made it to protect me from six fleas and that's a good gallus. I agree. I agree. Although, as you were talking, I wondered if maybe it's, they just liked the roughness of it. Or like, it's just like a fun place where they go to hang out and just sort of get silly and do their thing and come up with you know different spins and references that they could throw out there and maybe it's just a place to like relax you know what yep. i mean but i i get what you're saying like it would be awesome if it was on one of the early discs that would be great yeah i get the feeling that like if i had a million dollars became the one that became popular out of these two types and yes. so that's the one they kept going with for the banter and the fun yes and this got dropped off to the side and i wish it hadn't mm-hmm. i wish they'd kept both Yes. Agreed. Agreed. 100% for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the music. Yes. What were, what was your take on the music? Like it's we can cover both versions. Obviously the one without without Tyler and Jim and Andy is very stark. Mm-hmm. We have just guitars yep. and and vocals. But really nice. Like the stark version and the fleshed out version both have different charms. Mm-hmm. I don't have a great, I'm like trying to compare myself to Aaron and I don't have any kind of breakdown um, like that, but. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Aaron's gonna talk about structure and time. Couldn't care less. Now, this song, uh, we listened to two versions. Uh, the first version, the main quote unquote version, is what I'm gonna be basing my most of my thoughts on although i have thoughts about both that version is recorded approximately 93 beats per minute the that version was in the key of c minor i think the guitar is very out of tune it's like 
I almost wonder, knowing BNL like I do, if that was intentional because it almost is like perfectly between two notes. It's almost like a like a quarter tone or something. Very, very. I don't have perfect pitch, fortunately. I know I have a few friends who do, and that would probably drive them bonkers to hear that. For me, it did kind of throw me for a loop, and I'm trying to play along with the piano and like find the the key of the tune. I was like, oh, oh, okay, it's between here and here. The alternate version we heard was slightly more in tune. Uh, and that sounded like B-flat minor. Interestingly, this is a good example of a song that's written in a minor key, but sounds kind of upbeat and happy. Uh, an opposing example of a song written in a major key, but sounding sad, is Goodbye to Romance by Ozzy Osbourne. Throwing it out there. This song is very rough. Both versions are very you know, roughly recorded. They're rough takes. There is a certain kind of charm to that. It kind of reminds me, you know what this reminds me of, really? I don't know if you guys are, are either of you are hip-hop fans or particular nerdcore. Nerdcore is the kind of hip-hop. Imagine like Weird Al doing hip-hop and original tunes. Weird Al's white and nerdy. Yeah, pretty much. But, but like an entire, entire album like that and not like satirizing particular tunes. Uh, so MC Frontalot, MC Chris, people like that. A lot of their albums, they'll have skits in between songs. Like a comedic skits. This, that's what this reminded me of, especially in the alternate version where they stop and discuss certain lines and things like that. And I like that. That was fun. And the whole thing is very kind of silly and fun. And I guess that's why I like it in spite of it being very rough around the edges. What with me being something of a production snob. You know, for me, uh, the only time I like to hear like rough recordings like this is like when it's like, this is from the Library of Congress and it's from 1894. And like, <laughs> or this is from... You know, 1928, and it's uh, as a recording of Big Rock Candy Mountain or whatever. That, that's got a charm to it, and that obviously you can't expect it to sound like it was produced by Bob Ludwig or whatever. Uh, but I, I do like, you know, nice and clear and crisp-sounding uh, recordings. Having gone to school for recording kind of drives me nuts when it's not. So that, got, that graded against my edges just a little bit. Um, so I am going to have to be the curmudgeon this time around, because I know you guys like this quite a bit. Uh, I... I can only give Couldn't Care Less a solid, but nonetheless somewhat apathetic, three out of five childhood icons. Uh, and I couldn't care less if you disagree with me. <laughs> that's, that's my thought. That's my hot take. Aaron's hot take! Hey, Nice. Thank you. It's, I guess, for me, I just both versions i just listened to the it just made me happy to listen to you know what i mean just like the bonding the camaraderie the ease the easiness of it just the no stress no weirdness just fun it just made me relaxed and in this day and age i really appreciated that and it's so much fun with the band where it has gone to come yes. back to this early stuff yes and- and it's, it's like a hidden treasure that has just been found. And like people, long, deep BNL fans from Canada know of this mm-hmm. and, and have loved this since it came out. This one in the yellow tape, of course. But when it comes down to it, like those of us who don't have access, didn't have access to it because they didn't tour the U.S. at that time. Like we didn't have access to any of this. And so it's a nice hidden treasure. Yes. And certainly, you know, at the time when they wrote it, they were talking about, you know, throwbacks to our childhoods. And actually, for the ratings this week, we're going to give it childhood icons. That's what I came up with. <laughs> um, so, you know, even at the time that they wrote it, it was like, oh, yeah, a touch of nostalgia. But now listening to it now, 
even 20 years after that, um, is it 20 or 30? It might be 30. Uh, 30. 30. Oh, crap. Jeez. Um, 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. Um, 30 years We were later, really young when this came out. <laughs> I was just an infant. Um, 30 years later, it's even more of a throwback. And it's just like, oh. God, those were simpler times that like it just threw me back to Saturday morning cartoons and sugar cereal and processed food and just staring at the TV and just riding my bike, you know, like all of that childhood stuff, which is, you know. Well, yeah, because they they so it's interesting. They reference cars, but yeah. then also they like there's a whole verse around Scooby-Doo, which yes. is wonderful because I love Scooby-Doo growing up. So, of course, it, it was this great little throwback and wicked. And of course, they weren't like, okay, we'll keep this nice and PG. No, we're not going to go PG with this. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It's just, it's a great song. And I wonder if they would ever, well, they'd have to get back together. But like, you know what I mean? It's I'm not to go down the shoulda, woulda, wouldn't it be great if they would get back together, blah, blah, blah. It'd be fun <laughs> to hear them do this song again. Yeah, it would. Like, this would have been a nice little, if if they had done it, and I understand the reasons that they pulled what they did for the Junos, this would have been a nice little, like, deep cut for, for the Juno fans if they had done, like, more of a full concert for, for everyone. Yes. And especially for the hardcore Canadian fans that have loved them from day one. You know what I mean? Like, they would have, that would have been a nice little nod of the hat. Oh, definitely. To, to them. So. But we can't have everything. No. And this is one of those songs just, I wouldn't want to hear Ed or Steven sing alone. Like, this is a no, two of them. No, you can't. That That's not what it's about. It's about the two of them. Oh, yeah. So there were references in here that I didn't get. Ooh. I mean, I, do, I get the door is ajar. Like, and that was, that was a nice little funny, like, one-liner that they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one line I didn't get, and, and maybe someone that's out there that's listening can, can correct me, what is a zoodle? I looked it up. I couldn't find it anywhere. Now, I, I know what zoodles are now. I don't know that they existed at that time, but the zucchini noodles. Right. But why would they need a zookeeper, but, a trained zookeeper? It must have been like a Canadian TV show or something like that. Maybe. It kind of has that feel of like like the Saturday Night Special or something. Was it Zoobull with a B? Like Zoobly Zoo? Maybe, because it sounds like he's saying D and it's written as D in any of the notes, but maybe people just don't know what they're trying to say there. Like, zoobly zoo, zoobly zoo. But I don't know if that was... uh, Maybe. It's shown in Canada. I don't know. I don't know. That was the only one that I couldn't get. Dear Ed and Steve, if you're listening, we would like some clarification on this song. You're welcome to come on anytime and we'd be happy to... Um, get your explanations. Exactly. We'll have plenty more questions again. <laughs> plenty more questions. I won't hound you to get back together. I promise. I respect your boundaries. I love the lines that they have in here about how they would name all their kids Al. Different versions of Al so they could just say come to, together, yes. uh, come to dinner Al. <laughs> yes. Like their little jokes are very much, they're nice little one-liners 
and they have fun. To me, it just shows the greatness of them working together. Like, and like they're not trying too hard. You don't hear any of that. They're not trying to be clever. They're not trying to, you know, turn a phrase nicely. They're just doing their thing, and it's just great. They're just having fun, and that's what it feels like. They're having fun. They're having fun. It's it's. That's exactly what it feels like, for sure. This feels like one of those songs that they wrote while they were out on the road listening to Corky and the Juice Pigs, because it has a lot of that feel to it of like, yeah, we're just going to have fun and make jokes and little Mm. references and just have a great time. Yeah, they talked about Fonzie. They talked about the sweat hogs from Welcome Back. Potter. Like (laughs) I was like walking down memory lane like, oh, yeah, it's Laverne and Shirley and just, you know, anything. It was just... so nice no it was it was just a lot of fun and and i love it and the only problem that i had with the song was i didn't feel like it like it's an interesting premise and it's done really well the only thing is it doesn't have a backstory so we don't get like how it's leading into this i don't care and i'm just waiting for that first like two lines of the song to kind of lead into the why they don't care and why we're talking about what they don't care about that's all I'm looking for out of the song that's really missing. Right. And you know, it probably came up with some, like they were at the high school cafeteria and somebody had this big thing and they had a whole production. And then the two of them were sitting there shooting the breeze with each other and like spun it into this whole thing. And it became this song. Like, you know, <laughs> it was some, right. something like that. But yeah, I mean, I just look for those, like, because that's what their later work starts to do is it starts, like, if I had a million dollars, is this premise that it doesn't lead into that, but you get the idea of why they're singing about if I had a million dollars. You know where it started. Right. This one kind of starts in the middle. Yeah. And that's what I'm, just that two lines, like, tell me, tell me, like, who made you, like, what kind of statement were people making that you're like, oh, I couldn't care less about all this other stuff. Yes. (laughs) Right, exactly. But other than that, I love the ground antlers line. Like, what's in a chocolate mousse? Ground antlers. Like, that's a double on, like a double <laughs> meaning again, and I love it. It's, <laughs> it's their brilliance. It's just, and they, and it just flows, and it's just effortless. The effortless of it, effortlessness of it, is so good. And then once they, so it's interesting because I was listening to the two different versions. The second version where we have all the guys together. It has a Lindsay Buckingham's Holiday Road feel. Where the, like, instead of the synthesizer, it's just the guitar doing it. And I'm like, oh my God, what is that song? What is that? What is that? And how, and how perfect. Like, what a nice little, everything with them is intentional, which is the best part. And it's just sort of like Easter egg after Easter egg. And you just got to keep looking and keep, You'll keep finding them the more you look. Oh yeah, no, it was it was. I love this song. It's very playful. It's a lot of fun. Especially if there was a way to get this on my iPad on a consistent <sighs> basis, it would be on my yes. iPad. Like it's it's a fun song. Totally to to. fun. Totally fun. So, and I keep changing my rating as I'm talking about because I keep going. <laughs> yeah, I really do like this song. <laughs> so, like, there are going to be songs off this tape that are not going to. They, they don't come across as well. 
there, there's some weak spots. This I don't think is one of the weak spots. I think this is a pretty solid song off this. That that's a nice one that got lost. This is a good song to start to kick off the album for us. I think. I believe. I agree. So, do you have any other things that you want to make sure we throw in there about this? I just loved it. the The lyrics are clever. the The melody is great. It's it's fun to hear them having fun effortlessly yes. so that's i know i've said the word effortless about seven thousand times uh, somebody should play a <laughs> drinking game listening to this this episode every time okay here's the rules kids go back and start this podcast from the beginning every time i say the word effortless drink <laughs> uh, I'm feeling pretty yeah, good right exactly. now. exactly. <laughs> so um, I don't have anything more to say except I really enjoy the song. So why don't we jump to the ratings? We'll have we'll have Aaron throw his in later. Okay, but... perfect. Um, so at, as I said earlier, I, I'm going for childhood icons. Um, so I give this song four childhood icons. I give it a four. It's, wow. It, I liked it. You know, like I said, it's not going to be something I search for and have to listen to. But... If it's on, I'm definitely going to enjoy it and enjoy listening to it. And it's it's solid. It's fun to listen to. It's easy. It doesn't require anything of me, and it makes me feel good. And in this time of the world, the way we're at, it's just nice to have something enjoyable to listen to. I agree. Yeah. So how many childhood icons do you give this, Tracy? I know you said you've been changing it back and <laughs> forth. So I'll be interested to hear your final answer <laughs> i give this i'm gonna give this a shaggy a velma a daphne and half a scooby Ooh, so three and a half 3.5 three and that's a half. that's a decent <laughs> score i'm kind of shocked lately i've been giving higher scores than you yeah. What the heck? It's missing it's missing its Fred, which is That's the leader. True. So it's missing its lead. Yeah. And it's missing a little bit more of the fun that yeah. we're that's still not quite to where if I had a million dollars. You'd it, so if, if so this ha- song was fleshed out and had a bit more depth to it, you'd be right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> if if they had continued doing this in concert and then like decided, you know what, we're gonna put this on the rarities. Mm. It would, it could possibly be right up there in the yeah, five area. Wow, nice. It's just missing little touches yep. and pieces, but it's not missing a lot. And like I said, this is a song that I wish I, I need to find a way to get it off YouTube so I can actually just listen to it on my nice. iPod because it would be on there. There's got to be a way to do that. So I, I teased at the beginning of this podcast today that we're going to discuss two rarities today. Yes. Because there is another rarity that has never been officially recorded. This one was at least officially recorded. Yes. There is another one out there. We were going to cover it next week and still cannot find any official recording versions of this. There are ones on the internet, which is what this week's appearance is, is the versions of this that are done live. But there's never been any on the tapes. There's never been any done on on any of the recordings, uh, the discs, or anything like that. So it has to fall into the appearances category. They covered Careless Whisper. Yes.
have done it many times, one of which was during Last Times Together with Steven, which is their Ships and Dips tour, like a month before they officially broke up. So that's... Which is so interesting. Oh, I know. They... Considering the topic of the song, like <laughs> just all of the... All of the... You know what I mean? Like, oh. And if you... When you watch the one from that, like you can see the cracks in the band when they're singing it. Like you can see Ed and, Ed and Steve not quite on the same page. You can see them each being individual, but not together on it. Ugh. Like, but it's still a really enjoyable one to have. And like, that is my favorite version is the one on the ships and dips. Cause they are just like full on into it and, and just having, not having fun with it, but just the emotionality is there. Like they're yes. dipping into what the song means. And experiencing it yeah. in their own way. Like the whole <laughs> quote unquote infidelity, not that there were a couple, but just like the the cracks, like you said, and the the, the breaking apart of the relationship yeah. and the breaking apart and they're going in two separate ways as, as we soon find out. Like, it's just so interesting <laughs> to have, like, this is the moment where things are starting to show and like things are starting to break down and you can see it. It's kind of like time travel, you know what I mean? Because we know what happens and you watch the video and it's like, ooh, there it is, right holy there. Holy crap. Rewind that, pause that. Holy moly, did you see that? And you can Whoa. see it so So there's a spot in there, evidently, like where Steve steps forward and he's singing just his part. But you can see he's just like, Steve doesn't do that often. Like, it's mm -mm. even even when they were singing normally on stage together, they were equal to each other on stage and even with each other on stage and Steve steps forward and you can see he's in his own little world eyes are closed and he is just in the zone of wherever he is at and there's no it's almost like there's nothing surrounding him in that moment it's just him and it's still gorgeous like his voice is so amazing like yeah. it carries that moment anyways and Ed's doing an amazing job on this version as well so there's also one and I don't think I sent you this one where Yukon Cornelius covers it. So when Ed had that little band that he was doing for the film. Oh, yes. Now I will say, and I hate to say this, sorry, Ed, turn it off right here and don't listen for like 30 seconds. <laughs> the band, Yukon Cornelius, the band, the, the I wish they had played together a lot more before they did this cover because their harmonies aren't very harmonious. <laughs> They're not hitting the notes very well. But one of the great things you get to see is you get to see that all, it's one of those things that, that bare naked ladies used to do a lot live where they would just swap off their instruments and do something different. So you get to see all of like Stefan is not playing the saxophone anymore. He's playing the keyboards and we get to see Ed playing drums. Oh, that's cool. And so he's playing, he's doing the leads, but he's playing the drums on it. It's actually really cool to see. Neat. That's cool. But BNL kind of spoiled us for the vocal harmonies. You know, like if we see any of them singing, we're going to expect to hear this gorgeous harmony behind them at some point. Oh, yeah. And, and not getting <laughs> that is sort of like, oh, that's a little. Yeah, if you watch the Yukon Cornelius one first and then you watch the BNL one, you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. I will listen in that order. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting. So, and there's also somewhere out there, I have not found it yet, Stephen Page covered it by himself for the White Ribbon 
the white ribbon benefit that he did uh, for women oh. and women that were abused and to raise money for yeah. them. Oh, I bet he does an amazing job on that. Yeah, I can't find it yet. I'm hoping. And so if anyone out there knows where to find it, please send it in to me. I would love to hear him doing it. I bet he really puts an interesting spin on it. Like, because he always delivers. You know, when he's performing something with, especially with an intention like that at that event, you know he's going to spin it and put it in the context of that situation. Definitely. And he's going to sell the hell out of it. And it's going to be amazing and you're going to hear the song in a completely different way than you'd ever heard it before so if someone has that recording we want to hear it <laughs> dear Stephen, if you have a, a copy of that i'm making demands tonight i'm being demanding of our audience tonight sorry sorry everybody i don't have any i do have a plug that i want to throw out there because i was supposed to throw it out there a month ago when we were covering Canada Dry, oh. and I thought that I had, and maybe I, re- I mentioned it earlier in the podcast and couldn't find it, so I'm going to make sure I do a proper plug right now. Um, there's a website out there called Rockin' Beards that covered, they talk about albums and Canadian albums. It's uh, not a podcast because it's actually video and it's on YouTube. Um, they are actually really great guys. I've been in conversations with them as of recently which is cool because i told them i would be plugging them and they we just started a conversation so it's really cool um they may be on sometime i'm hoping that we'll be able to get them on come on guys we'd love to have you (laughs) but they cover the whole fake nudes album and do their review of the whole album so yeah so hopefully we'll be able to get them on at some point I feel like you might have asked me to remind you to throw that plug in about a month ago. Because as you're saying it, I was like, why am I getting a sinking feeling? And why do I feel like I was part of that? So if I forgot to tell you to plug that, I'm sorry. Well, I should also remember that stuff, too. I have my notes and I don't always remember every single thing on them. So, yeah, that's okay. But definitely go out and listen to those. They're actually a lot of fun to listen to when they're discussing that. So, And that brings us to next week's song. So we had a nice <laughs> little interlude in the middle here. I don't have any like really kind of smart way of bringing this up. but So we, from Halloween to Thanksgiving, we covered snacks. Yes, we did. We are now, for the next three weeks, during the month of September, go- I mean, <laughs> during the month of December... Going to be covering three out of the four weeks holiday songs off their holiday album. So we went from Snack Time, which is the Young Kids album. Now we're going to switch to holiday music and actually still stay in alphabetical order. (laughs) Woohoo! That worked out really well, actually. (laughs) That worked out really well. That's why I've been pushing everyone so hard. I'm like, I gotta get that in there. I can't lose this. (laughs) We have to line up in December. We have to. It's not going to work any other way. (laughs) No more missed weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, the next next week we have Carol of the Bells. It's going to be a very simple tune. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we get a break. I love the holiday album. I... I love it. It's one of my favorites. Every year I whip it out and it's on repeat and it's great. So I'm going to enjoy these next several songs. I'm going to have fun with this. Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really enjoy it because I do. This is one of those albums I will list from front to back the whole way through during the holiday season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can only listen to it for one month a year. Like, I'm, 
I'm going to delve into this. We're digging in. We're doing this. <laughs> exactly. So join us for the month of December. And as we cover a lot of the holiday songs, thank you guys for joining us. It was a lot of fun tonight. Thank you, everyone. And I care a lot about this. <laughs> <laughs> it was effortless. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> 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 Why is the super big gulp cheaper? Big drink, small price. Huge drink, drink. tiny price. But the small... Figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. out. We don't get it. The small drink costs a lot more. It has holes in it and you can only get water. It's NFL draft season. And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.